1: Go to tirerack.com/sports. That's slash tire sports Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's tirerack.com, tirerack.com, tirerack.com. The way tire buying should be. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're
2: winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
3: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal
4: podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment,
3: This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio.
1: We watched the Odell Beckham drama finally play out today amid conflicting reports all day (laughs) that Odell was going to make his decision after Sunday. Then it was Odell is going to the Rams. Like ESPN said, okay, it's going to be after Sunday. All right, after Sunday. Then Adam Schefter reported, oh, it's going to be the Rams. Then Josina Anderson of ESPN reported, I just talked to Odell and he told me he was conflicted between the Rams and the Green Bay Packers. On a side note, I spoke to Odell. He told me he didn't know if he was going to become the Mets GM. So I'm still <laughs> waiting on that. And then a half hour after that, it was confirmed. Odell Beckham to the Rams. And now this is where he's going to play for the rest of this season. Uh, unless he gets waived and then somebody else picks him up. But right now, this is the big move that the Rams made. They go get Odell Beckham, and he's going to be on the Rams. I mean, unless something changes. Unless there, there's... Another report from Josina Anderson or something else. He's going to be on the Rams. Now, there's lots of different angles on this. You've heard stuff all day about, oh, here's Odell. He's here. You know, why is Odell, why did he choose the Rams? Because clearly this wasn't a team that we had heard about until the text came out from Schefter. Hey, Odell's going to the Rams. Wait, what? We had heard Chiefs. We had heard Saints. We had heard Packers. We had heard a little bit of Patriots. Then that kind of went away. And now suddenly it's Rams. Why is he Rams? Rams. Right now, Los Angeles is going through a renaissance of being Tinseltown again and being the destination for stars in the major sports. It wasn't so great for the 10s You know, you you saw the Dodgers go into a period of the the, the late aughts into the early 10s where, ah, you know, it was tough for them to get stars. They had a really rough period. The Lakers couldn't get anybody else besides Kobe Bryant. It was hard for them to bring anybody in after they won the title in 2008, 2009. Uh, It was really hard. It was was difficult for that to happen. Clearly, clearly there was no football out here. But now you're seeing a bit of a renaissance, right? You saw the Dodgers... uh, become the most dominant team in baseball, and they continue to bring in stars, whether it's Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, whether it's guys they bring up like Cody Bellinger, doesn't matter. They churn through stars now. This is what the Dodgers do. And the Lakers go out, and they're able to land LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You were start saying, this is Tinseltown is back. And LeBron James does a lot to help recruit Odell Beckham to the Rams because they're friends, and right away after Odell Beckham was going to be waived, you know, there was the free Odell tweet from LeBron. Uh, the Rams are becoming the destination for stars to come play. We will upset our apple cart for all kinds of talent. Maybe people are misfits, but we're, we're going to make a home for them, kind of like the Latter-day Raiders, and they will make these moves. They will make they will sign players. They will make trades. It doesn't matter. They will bring stars, and they will be a destination for guys like Jalen Ramsey. They will be there for if the Dominican Sue wants to come out and play a year. They will be there. They will do that. And they have done this for a while now. And L.A. is kind of becoming that town again. When you're a star, I want to go play in Los Angeles. And it was out for a while. It wasn't quite what it used to be. Look, New York is still trying to figure that out, right? Like, L.A. looking at New York going, oh, man, it used to be us and you. Now, whew, good luck, you guys. Because, look, the Giants can't get anybody to go there. The Jets can't get anybody to go there. The Mets can't hire anybody to even be their general manager. Yeah. Now they're going to wait a year for a guy whose contract is going to expire so they can go hire him because he grew up rooting for the team. I grew up rooting for the team. Hire me. I've been more involved in sports than anybody. Get down to me. I know I'm like 88th on the list, but get down to me. All right, you saw the Knicks. How much trouble do the Knicks have signing stars to come? They had to make it work with Tom Thibodeau. Look, I'm happy where the Knicks are at, but it's really, really difficult. All right, you go through all the sports. The, The Nets get... Kevin Durant decide to go with Kyrie and James Harden. That's the one batch of superstardom there. Even the Yankees, are they going out and getting big time free? They got Garrett Cole. Uh, they stopped spending for a little while. And they're relying on the guys that that they brought up that are coming out of the farm system, and that's what they're going to do. It's it, New York is difficult. It's a difficult place to land. It's not a destination. I'm going to go be a star there, and L.A. had that going on, but now they don't. Now L.A. is, hey, you know, hey, yeah, go to L.A. You can be a star. You can be involved in stuff. You have enough money. You can be involved in baseball. You can also have a production company. You can be a basketball superstar. You could also be in Space Jam 2. Maybe not Space Jam 3. They're probably not going to do it. Uh, you go out and have interest outside of football yes, Los Angeles is your place to be that's still where the Angels are, that's still where the movers and shakers are in Hollywood to get things done, and Odell is here and potentially he would want to do things outside of football, it's what a lot of people do when they come to LA but that's the big calling card now, Los Angeles once again has LA to say, this is our calling card now, you're seeing all the teams play well, right, the Rams are in a Super Bowl window right now, the Chargers are playing better, the Lakers won the NBA title the Clippers are at the top of the Western Conference we talked about the Dodgers being as good as They are. They've been the best team in baseball for over a decade. It is a big LA renaissance, and that's what drew Odell in. If I don't play if I don't get it done on the field, just in case something happens, hey, I'm in a great spot and I'm in Los Angeles. And that's where I want to be overall for my career.
7: Yeah, because I'm looking at it from a a, another Hollywood angle from the All right, I've done a bunch of blockbusters and I've been the A-list star. Now I need to, you know, do that gritty movie that's going to get me an Oscar nod. And in this case, for Odell Beckham Jr., it's the I need to go and show that I can take on another kind of role and not have to be the guy out front. And if I do this right and we have great success and instead of an Oscar, we get a Lombardi trophy, then I can go and write my ticket to another um, franchise that I can jump into literally a franchise in the National Football League, but, you know, like you'd want to be back in the MCU or part of the an extended DC universe or whatever the case may be. That's what I think you're looking at with Odell Beckham Jr. here. You know, we had Colin Cowherd I know was quick to to point out LeBron James and everything he had to say and his welcome to LA moment and all that, that fun, which is you know, again, all, all the points that you brought up in terms of, here's all the things you can do off the field if you take care of business, the question becomes, obviously, from the football side of things, being able to sublimate and and, and push down that ego so that you can go and and be part of a a team concept on a whole other level. Because you've already had many reports of guys grousing for balls all year long. Hey, hey, you need to feed me. And it's it's a cacophony of voices. Now Odell adds his over the top of it. So it, yeah, I got a lot of big words in there. I, I know. Uh, big Thursday night. I had to entertain myself since this game sucks. So it's the, <laughs> the idea for Odell Beckham Jr. How, how does this fit, right? You found La La Land, but other than showing up and, and taking a ride and on a golf cart with James Corden, uh, you're going to have to go do some other things to really win people over and, and convince the football love and world that this works. I, I just didn't think it would be as widely embraced as some brilliant move. It's like there, there's still a lot of football questions that have to be answered here beyond the, hey, he gets to look really good in a Rams uniform. And all the folks that are really good at Photoshopping stuff, damn, do you just keep a file with a uniform on every player in every league? Because, I mean, it, it got up there fast.
3: <laughs> Crazy. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
1: not just Odell to the Rams today, but Cam Newton owned the day of the news yeah. cycle for the majority of the day because he is going back to the Panthers. Wagger, it all began. A shocking turn of developments. That was really fast. It happened very quickly. Cam had a meeting with the Panthers, and then basically came out of the meeting. Hey, I'm back, everybody. And Cam's taking pictures, and Cam Newton is back to where he became an NFL legend now a couple of things to know some very important things to know about this one is th- this is what i'm looking forward to the most cam newton knows that he could be near the end of his nfl run he is extremely lucky to be back in the league right now so you know what that means that means his hat and studded loafer and caprice and 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 Jackets and vest game is gonna be so off the hook. If you thought he had great game before fashion, now not knowing when his last game this game could be my last game. Every day, every day is going to be some incredible over-the-top fashion statement. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. All the how big the hats are going to be. Oh my goodness, how short the pants are going to be. Oh, I, I, I can't wait, Mike Carmen. This is going to be outstanding.
7: Does this mean we get more of that between two ferns like showy was working on, or what? Because I mean that that's uh, obviously there. The other thing it says is. You know, with the money that was guaranteed here, we're talking some four and a half million dollars. That's the end of your boy Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that yeah, it, that's there was. It. You know, a lot of it was all right. P.J. Walker and, and you know, bringing Matt Barkley. All of these things. You're just like, okay, maybe the, there's still Sam if he can get healthy. It's just no. Cam Newton comes in, and they're saying maybe we can still fight to the back end of the NFC playoff picture by making this move and making this big investment and hoping that Cam can find a a little bit of something. You're certainly not turning the clock back to 2015, but like you say, the colors and hat game and everything are going to be strong, which, you know, I've appreciated his entire career. But I'm curious, further removed from the shoulder, can he get that range of motion back to where it looks like a – you know, an actual throwing motion and not the contorted things like we saw Philip Rivers, sorry, Frostberg, towards the end of his career. Uh, and certainly Cam with the short arm that he had to do these last couple of years.
1: Uh, that that's the big thing is that you hit on the two the two things that are kind of related. Is that look, this is the end of Sam Darnold. Look, we told you that this is what happened. He only had a few weeks left as a starting quarterback in the NFL. We told you this three weeks ago. He only has a few weeks left before he winds up getting benched. Now it's going to end for him under the cloud of this injury, this partially fractured shoulder, uh, and then he's not going to play again. And Cam Newton's going to come in and he's going to play sooner rather than later because Cam's not getting four and a half million dollars to come back and bring a legend back to sit the bench. Even if P.J. Walker, Mike White's his way through the game on Sunday, and ah, 400 yards! No, you brought a legend back, and you didn't bring him back to sit and hold a clipboard. So he is going to play, and I, when Darnold comes back, maybe he's the backup, but maybe he's third string and just doesn't see the field anymore. Uh, that That's it. I mean, that you. I told you, he only had a certain amount of time left. I didn't think it would end uh, for injury. I thought it would be more for performance, but clearly that's where you're at right now and Darnold now has to hope that he can get bridgewatered, watered meaning that another team is so upset with their quarterback situation they just want to bring numbers in and he gets to go in and compete for a starting job next year because his days of starting in the NFL are basically over
7: Oh, no, this solidifies it. I mean, that that's it. He, he'll get a, another shot because there'll still be someone enamored that had him high on the board going, if only, wishing, wanting I mean And, look, and you've got half the league that's probably going to cycle through their quarterbacks. You've got a couple of veterans that you're curious as to what their fortunes will be in, in Rogers and Wilson. I mean, New Orleans with Sean Payton, are, are they with – Jameis Winston forever? Maybe, maybe not. So, I mean, Sam Darnold will find up some, Someone will decide he's the reclamation project. But in the interim, you know, a giant pile of cash and a novelty check towards Cam Newton. I'm intrigued on the return, even if it sends your fair-haired boy seeing ghosts on the sideline.
1: Well, maybe, look, maybe the Jets will trade Zach Wilson because Mike White is so great and we'll get Sam back as the backup.
7: Oh, Wow.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth.
1: Dolphins win on TNF 22 to 10 Tua to out of the rescue Lamar Jackson couldn't put points on the board oh we got more on this Odell Cam Newton Deshaun Watson is joining us now on the hotline NFL on Fox insider extraordinaire longtime friend of the show Jay Glazer you can follow him on Twitter at Jay Glazer And, Jay, I want to say I've been waiting to talk to you all day today. You know, here we are on Veterans Day celebrating the vets uh, who both returned and did not. And you posted about uh, starting vets and players and what it's become and and the safe haven and movement it's become. You and Nate Boyer started this in your living room. You have to
5: tell me about that. Yeah. No, actually, I was on the phone with – this whole thing kind of started. I was on the phone with um, a friend of mine who played in the NFL wife. And she was like, "Hey, you got to do something for your boy." I "I heard he was sick. She's like, "He's not sick. It's when his career ended." She's like, "He's just so embarrassed to leave the house. He hasn't left the house. Blinds are shut. Drapes are closed. Just telling you all he's sick." And as I was having that conversation with her, Nate was in the next room over having pretty much the same conversation with one of his Green Beret buddies who had gotten out. So, like, literally on the spot, man, it was like, man, it's so simple, it's brilliant. The commonality. When the uniform comes off, they're all warriors. They look up to each other. Let's create a safe space and where we could build our warriors back up, build this locker room, build the team back up. Because when you you know you lose your locker room, man, that's that's scary. And kind of walk these walk this planet what you think is alone, uh, even though you're not alone. It's easy to think that. So yeah, it started six years ago in my living room. Uh, a few weeks after that, we had our first session of Breakable. There were I think there were ten veterans, all of whom are homeless, Um, two football players, two MMA fighters, I think, and shoot, now all those veterans are, uh, they have homes, Um, several of them work for us in MVP, do incredible, and, you know, we've, we've, uh, you know, we're in seven cities, and actually, as I was doing the game tonight, um, in the second quarter, I went in, we have three Zooms, so for anybody out there, and, you know, we just kind of changed our rules recently also. If you're... Active military in a combat zone. You're deployed overseas somewhere. Um, you are eligible. To come on to any of these Zooms we have. We had one tonight in Seattle. I was actually in there, and I just wanted to come on and tell our group. And I've, I've done a couple of the huddles this week. Veterans Day is a holiday to celebrate. All the veterans out there listening, this is a holiday. Celebrate yourself. And when I used to first bring that up, our vets used to get mad at me. I'm like, What are y'all getting mad about? They're just so ingrained not to have individuality. They're they're so taught not to do that, not to go, me, me, me. Well, man, we got to now. We got to start being proud of what we've done. So all our vets are out there. You know, we said, thank you for your service. So my friends in our group, they would turn around and say to me, you're worth it. I mean, think about that. So I want all our vets to realize how much we know you're worth it and celebrate yourself today. It's okay. Celebrate something you're proud of for being a vet. You deserve it.
7: Amazing stuff, and the expansion continues. I see you're talking about Arizona and so on. I can't wait to see all those dots all over the map, Jay. And, you know, one of the...
5: and GNC just donated a million dollars so we could expand out more, and they're about to donate more. Our seven-year anniversary is coming up here December 7th, so they're going to be doing more. I mean, great partners there, and then Chuck Wagner owns Camus. He is signed on to be a huge donor of ours also, Camus mine. And, man, they're just, you know, when you you have a foundation for veterans, it's incredible how quick and how generous people are to say, hey, I'm in. I want to walk walk, this walk with these people.
1: Well, hey, but before we get to football, i got to tell you, because my dad asked me, because my dad's a vet. He served in Vietnam. He was in the Navy. And uh, he said, will you do me a favor? Will you tell Jay my joke? Because he tells a joke that just absolutely just knocks people out on Veterans Day. You ready for his Veterans Day joke? This is my dad's joke. He'll, say, he'll see people, and they'll talk about, did you serve in the military? he go, yeah. He goes, you know, did I ever tell you the story about the time I saved the life of all 238 people on my ship? And people go, oh, Oh, what? Like they're expecting some kind of story. My dad goes, "Yep, I threw the cook overboard." <laughs> I like it. There you go. Dad. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you made me promise I would tell you that joke tonight.
5: <laughs> oh, I hear a lot of jokes more or about the food out there, so I guess.
1: All right. <laughs> All right, hey, so let, let's get into what we saw tonight here. The Dolphins, and, and help me out with this, Jay. The Dolphins win. Look, it's a sloppy game. Tua tunga is not healthy enough to start, but he's healthy enough to come in in relief of Brissette. Does, either you're healthy enough exactly. you're going to start
5: or you're not, right? Uh, I mean, because they want them to start with Jacoby. Uh, that's it. And, you know, it's like, hey, take your time, take your time, until we're ready to go with you. And I said at halftime here, they have a game plan in case Brissette went down, for Tua to come in, and you know, it's originally the game plan was a lot more run oriented. You know, not not a lot of throws deep downfield, but clearly he's able to throw the ball deep downfield. So you got to look at and go, okay, how much? You know, I I think they're trying to get that thing healthy, or he's just saying, okay, it's coach's decision. And you know, right now they they wanted to go present, they they trusted him more. But after tonight, you know, I think you just look. I think we're going to go back to Tua and see what he has. You know, they. Dip their t- more than dipped their toes in the water with Deshaun Watson. So you really got to say, okay, let's do anything we can. And you know what? He's hurt. have not played hurt. Whatever it is, we've really got to see what we have in him this offseason. Or at the very least, he's got something in there to showcase him. So- 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 show something that people haven't seen because he just hasn't played enough. If you do, in fact, want to go this offseason, make a move.
7: And you make a couple of big, deep throws. It helps that the Baltimore right. defenders were playing off a good 15 yards as if they didn't think he could get the ball that far, Jay.
5: Yeah, you know, in Baltimore, Baltimore's defense is always, they're always great. This year, they've had, you know, a bunch of, you just saw kind of like mental mistakes, um, just one-on-one, right? So it's like, man, it's just these big plays that some of the secondaries are making there, going, oh, what are you doing for everybody else there? But, you know, to do this against a a team like Baltimore at that pass rush, I got to a lot of credit
7: well, moving did, forward, one of the reports you had today, the the latest, or at least for now, we'll put a pin in it. The last of the Deshaun Watson trade talk and what actually came down in those final forty-eight hours, and and whether the uh, what the Dolphins wanted uh, in return, not just in terms of compensation. Can you elaborate on that?
5: Yeah, look, Miami wanted him to settle, and I think Deshaun at first, you know, wasn't willing to, but I. From what I understand, that was like a, it, it was a non. It's like that was it for Stephen Ross. Like you had to settle. That's that. Um, and then you know, there's so many things in the play. Originally, you know, there are teams offering more than three ones. You know, for Deshaun Watson, um, dating all the way back from before the draft. And so you had to get that. And I think Houston looked in and go, okay, well, could we get even more than what's already been offered out there. Um, toward you know, when the when the final you know, minutes were buzzing off, if you will. But also if, you know, they're saying we need you to settle now, and they go back and try and settle, then obviously the attorney for well, the plaintiffs knows that he's in the catbird seat. And so you, they really needed everything to kind of fall in place there. Um, with, like, if there's no trade deadline, maybe it, it would have been able to get done. But there were so many other things that ended up factoring in. And I think also, honestly, I think Houston's GM slow played it as much as he could. Because I think think, he thinks once Deshaun's legal troubles are, you know, however they're, 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 um, they come to a conclusion that he can get more than the three ones and the three threes are offered and the three ones and the two twos and players that were offered. And there's there's been an awful lot already, you know, put up there for, for Deshaun. Jay
1: Glazer with us here, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. All right, now, to the big moves of the day. You tweeted about this earlier with Odell Beckham going to the Rams. You said, hey, he's wanted to go to the Rams for a long time. Yeah. We didn't hear a lot about them through the process. How did it come up? Because it was, it was all Green Bay, and then
5: we heard New Orleans. Right? Yep. How did it end up in, in Los Angeles? So those are teams that were pursuing Odell. Odell was pursuing the Rams. And that's why they came out of nowhere. So it was the other way around. Those teams were in it with, with Odell. They were pursuing them. Um but Odell, look, even after Odell got traded to Cleveland, he was still, remember one day he's like, man, man, i got to get traded to the Rams. I like, dude, it don't work like that. You can't get traded twice in one offseason. It doesn't work like that. And he has always been wanting to come and, and play for Sean McVay and the Rams. And even like this morning, McVay walked in to his receiver's room, met with all the receivers, told them what's going on, told them his reasoning. I know a lot of people say, oh, there's only one ball out there, and how's it going to happen? But, you know, they are – Struggling receiver, they try to claim Josh Reynolds yesterday. Uh, try to get him back on the team. Obviously, he got rid of you know Deshaun Watson. I mean Deshaun uh, Jackson. And, um, you know, so look, this wasn't a thing. This is a thing that again Odell was was uh, he's wanted to play for Sean for the Rams for such a long time. He decided, okay, I'm going to play for you know the pretty much the minimum incentivized contract. Um, and you know, I think the Rams are going to look at also that. You know, they don't him like they're not gonna try and force him the ball. Like that's already that, that's already been established.
7: All right. So the other move of the day, obviously, the return of Cam Newton Tepper and he, the picture that goes out, uh, the haberdashers uh, are all excited because more uh, <laughs> scarves and hats to go there, Jay. But, uh, you know, vaccination, that was a report we had a, a while back. And, and now with all of the, the issues, Sam Darnold's injury, you've got P.J. Walker bringing Matt Barkley. This is still a team that's just saying, hey, we're on the playoff fringe and we can bring back an old friend. What, what do you think Cam's got left?
5: Yeah, I, I think that you know this. The, uh, you know, I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of struggling for the why here. So, um, right. No, sure. I do know that. I, I do know that they all met about you know within the last 48 hours, just to make sure there was no ill will or resentment or you know how how that divorce happened. Make sure everything was good. So everything was good, all right? And then I know people like, oh, let's get him right in the lineup. Hey, he just took his physical like eight hours ago. So I don't know about you know starting or anything like that, but. You know, I do know that their owner David Tepper, man, he doesn't like to lose. Even if it's like, all right, we're still, you know, we're, we're, we've got to kind of build up here more. And we got a little bit more time. He doesn't like to lose at all. So they're going to swing away. This is an interesting move. I know he's beloved there, obviously in Carolina, but um, you know, there's also you know a reason that the Patriots cut him, and you have to look in and go, okay, what do you have left in intact? What I don't want is for all the Carolina fans to think they're, you know, this, is this same guy who won the MVP a few years ago right and you know there's there's different limitations the body is different but hey man you never know you get another start do what you can do with it
1: mm. you can follow him on twitter at jay glazer that is at jay glazer jay all the best stuff you do with vets and players thanks, uh man. keep fighting the good fight my friend uh awesome conversation as always and we will talk to you next week thanks so much
5: again everybody out there listening go to vetsandplayers.org we uh man we got you back
1: Always great stuff, man. Keep fighting it, Jay. Thanks so much.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio
1: app. Thursday night football doesn't go how we thought. It's a sloppy game. It's an awful game. It's a terrible game. Uh, The Dolphins beat the Ravens 22-10. The big play of the game, uh, the Dolphins take a close game and turn it into a two-score game. Zavian Howard forces a fumble. Sammy Watkins fumbles after catching a pass in the middle of the field, and they return it for a touchdown. And uh, that turned out to be the difference. The Dolphins score 16 points in the fourth quarter to win it 22-10. Now, before we get to Tua, let's, let's get to Lamar Jackson here for a couple seconds because mm-hmm. look, he had a bad night, right? It was a bad game for Lamar and all the MVP run he was now getting, why is Lamar Jackson at the top of your MVP list? Um, I, I'm, I'm fine with Lamar. I'm fine with this game. It was a bad game. Yes, it looked like a Lamar Jackson bad game from the last couple of years compared to this year. But whereas you saw it so many times in the last couple of years, you'd see it every few weeks. Boy, another stinker from Lamar and the next three weeks would be great. But then you get a stinker. This is the first real big-time stinker that he's had like this. And watching him, he's hit a next level of his development. I mean, you didn't see it tonight, but he's hit the next level in that usually when the team is down late, Lamar Jackson finds a way to bring him back and win. I mean, that's kind of what he has done. That's kind of been his calling card this year. So I, I'm feeling much better about the Ravens It can take this as a one-off. I know that the, the tendency is going to be to lump it into what we saw the last couple of years. Hey, Lamar is still limited, doesn't have great wide receivers, blah, 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 blah. No, I've seen enough of him in fourth quarter in games and find a way to put tons of yards up on the board uh, to feel that this is just going to be one of those games and can move on because he really has become a different guy. He's become not just an exciting player that can score 38 45 points, which is what scares a lot of teams. But when you get down to it in the playoffs, you got a good defense. Ah, oh, you can contain him. Now it's, even if you're up by two scores with eight minutes left, Lamar's going to take you down and score two touchdowns to tie the game or go ahead. It's almost like he and Patrick Mahomes have sort of switched roles. Some freaky Friday hit their heads together and this year and now it's Mahomes taking all the chances, turning the football over and it's Lamar with the big comebacks. When you look at what he's done this year, he's been really good. He's been good at the end of games. He's brought the Ravens back. So yeah, I'm okay with exactly what's going on this year. This was a bad game. I'll crumple it up. I'll throw it away for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I just look at it
7: personnel-wise is more the concern, right? With no Ronnie Stanley uh, and some shuffling on the offensive line, you saw him take a lot of hits today. You saw him under duress for much of the game, and you don't have necessarily the running game as well as they've run in certain games, right? There, there have been some, you know, go back to that Chargers game where it looked like, oh, right, they've arrived, and then they go out and get thumped by Cincinnati, and now Cincinnati – what are they? Right? We, we have all these questions. The transitive property or playing hot potato with who's the hot team and then moving forward. But the running back by committee situation, you're not getting a lot. You know, you're not afraid of Freeman or Bell or anybody that's running the ball. Tyson Williams has, has fallen out of favor at the receiver position. You saw a couple of times tonight, you know, Sammy Watkins gave up on what should have been at least an attempt at a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Just pulled up and kind of jogged through and the ball falls incomplete. Uh, The fumble, you know, officiating, certainly taking their lumps coming out of this game. Was that a fumble? Was it not? Did he have possession long enough? The late hit call, right? There was a roughing the passer call that the Ravens actually got that went to their benefits. Like, there's a superstar call. There you go. You got yours, Lamar Jackson. Good for you. Good for you, Lamar. Uh, But you know you're still trying to figure out outside of Mark Andrews who's winning their individual matchup on the outside and that that that's problem's going to persist so i'm not worried about him i'm worried about their personnel on both sides because that defensive secondary, how many times did you look at a receiver going, there's nobody on the screen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, who's who's supposed to be out there? Like, there's blown (laughs) coverages,
1: and there's blown coverages. And you saw that a bunch tonight. That's like one of those plays when you're playing with your friends, and, uh, you know, you say, Hut, and, and the one guy's not paying attention, and the one guy just runs down the field, you throw it to him, and the guy goes... Oh, I didn't know we start. Wait, you, didn't somebody call timeout because he's, exactly. he's like 50 yards past everybody? That was like what it was watching. Going. How is Ford that wide open? How is Wilson that wide open on this play? It, look, it was a bad game. It was just a bad game for the Ravens. And look, Like we said, if I've said the same thing about the Cowboys this past week and the Rams sure. and the Bills, they just had bad games. It happens. You don't yeah. beat every team you're supposed to beat in the NFL. It's why they, any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday, this is how it works you know if 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 every team beat everybody they were supposed to the games would be boring but it doesn't happen that way
7: no and that's it i mean you thought it ended with the games of week 9 right and the madness that we saw on monday night but here you have another one that you talk about not because you have a bunch of big plays you know the coffin corner uh, punt and what and the the big man illegal screen pass. I mean that was great that it was like he was the intended target on that for Miami uh, and the flip towards the end zone. I mean those are all fine and good. The the bigger thing for me is to extrapolate you know where this loss puts the Ravens and just opening the door back up. Not that it's a division game, but it's an AFC game and you've got everybody in the division on your heels and you know Pittsburgh plays Cle- um, Detroit this week. So, I mean, you you probably start penciling in the W, although given the nature of the NFL the last couple weeks, uh, I think I'd be buying everything I could to ward off the evil spirits uh, that they don't claim you here against a winless team. Uh, But also the rest of the Ravens' schedule going forward is no picnic. A lot of playoff teams and a lot of – battling and cannibalism within the AFC North. So giving up a game where you're a heavy favorite on the road against a team that can't even decide about their quarterback is a
1: problem for me. Mm. Uh, Now, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, this is where every day that goes on, I feel so bad for the guy because Tua Tagovailoa, for whatever reason, is not the Dolphins' cup of tea, and he hasn't been their cup of tea for a year and a half now. The now, when you can view the Dolphins' the last year and a half through a wider angle lens, why did they keep benching Tua at the end of games? They weren't sold he was their guy. I mean, they, they, that's never happened before in the NFL, where you see repeatedly a number one draft pick, a high first round pick, get benched repeatedly at the end of games when they're not playing well, bringing in somebody else to win games. Right? You just don't see that, but. Last year it was in its own uh, vacuum. Well, the Dolphins have a chance. They, they, they could make the playoffs, so they want to try to do it. They don't want to give games away. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets hot, so you can do it. But now you see what the Dolphins have done over the course of the past few weeks. You keep hearing the, the talk that the the that Stephen Ross wants Deshaun Watson. That deal is likely going to happen at some point. And there's no public... Uh, Avowments of Tua Tungavailoa is our quarterback. Just one behind closed doors. Oh, no, no. Tua's our guy. They obviously don't want him. And you watch tonight Tua who was not healthy enough to start but healthy enough to back up Jacoby Brissett and come into the game when Brissett hurt his knee. And then when Brissett is cleared to come back into the game, they stick with Tua. Which really, either either they like the guy or they don't, but it's this big push-pull. Okay, if you're good enough to play, you're good enough to start. But obviously, they still wanted to start Jacoby Brissett, which tells me they think Brissett and Tua are kind of the same guy. All right, now, look, I said before... The Dolphins should start Tua the rest of the way, figure out what they have. Do you need to go get a quarterback in the offseason or not? But clearly that decision has already been made. We're going out for a new quarterback. Tua is not our guy. Because that that's the only thing that makes sense why Brissett starts and 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 Tua. They wanted to start Brissett. They see these guys as kind of being the same kind. So let's see what we have in Brissett because we like the way he runs the team. We don't think he's going to make the mistakes that Tua makes. But then when he can come back in. Tua gets to stay in the game, and then Tua makes some big throws, and he runs for the go-ahead touchdown, and and the Dolphins win. You scratch your head and you go, "Why don't the Dolphins just give the guy a chance?" I mean, watching Tua and the Dolphins every week is like going out to lunch with the couple that you know. That you just say to yourselves after every time that you get together with them, you go, "Why don't they get divorced? Why are they together? I don't understand." I don't understand. I don't I don't understand why why Jim and Nikki are still together. I really don't get it. Because all they do is fight and then they make up, but the you hear the barbs they throw at each other during dinner and you can tell they don't talk a lot during the weekend. Why are they together? I don't understand. They would both be so much happier. They don't have kids, but yet they stay together and they've been together for this long. That's kind of what I want I, I watch with the Dolphins. Like you obviously want to move on from him. Why didn't you do so? Why didn't you trade Tua and get something? Why didn't you trade with the Washington football team? They would have taken them. They would have given you something and you could have gotten uh, at, at the trade deadline and move forward with Jacoby Brissett, whatever else you wanted to do, you could have done. I don't get why because this is just useless because it's obvious they don't like him they should have given him more of a chance they did not give him at least one season throwing the football 50 times a game to show that I can or can't do it no they've made their decision and they've postponed the future and it's just a waste of two years because in the end that's what it's going to be it's a waste of two years till they can go get somebody else and tonight is your shining example of it here's Tua who you would think in a two and seven year all right, he's going to start the rest of the way just to see what we got because maybe if he's great for the last eight weeks we got something and then we don't have to worry about quarterback we keep we build around him no we're going to start percent but we're going to bring him in so now two is good enough to start to play but not good enough to start This this is such a mess and the dolphins are so dysfunctional only they could take a 12 point win and turn it into something where i don't understand what you're doing with the quarterbacks i i, I really don't only the dolphins can do that
7: yeah, I mean, I go back to last year where you had Fitzmagic there and you were caught in no man's land because you were winning games even before Tua was cleared to come back and and you were going to start going down that experiment and with the quick uh, hook that would come in and put – Fitzpatrick back in is that I, I think you were arrived a year early in terms of the rebuilding process. So it became a, all right, do we push towards the playoffs or do we just take it for what it is? And he's going to take his lumps if we lose. And I think you, you got conflicted there, both as a staff, the ownership, fans, right? You're, you're trying to figure out what's the best course of action. So you pulled and and look, Fitzpatrick never turned back into you know the pumpkin that he had every other year, right? It was the the outlier in a career that spanned 16 years. Uh, a lot of opera, you know, in inactiveness, uh, inactivity, I should say, for those first few years. And then even when he gave got a shot by you know week six or seven, we saw what he was. But now we're talking about this year, and you, you had what you thought was a great roster. Well, you know what? After nine weeks, you realized it wasn't. And if this guy's healthy enough to be in uniform, why would you not at least let him audition enough to where there's value for him in a trade capacity, right? Because you still got a couple of years left on that rookie deal. So it's not like it's some monster poison pill that another team has to take. So if he can deliver a deep ball, and we saw it tonight, and a couple of them were obviously just wide open, but a couple of floaters, right? He made a nice uh, jump pass, kind of a uh, floating alley-oop thing to Adam Shaheen down inside the, the 10-yard line. I mean, there, there were a couple of balls. It was like, all right, and he stood in and he got hammered repeatedly and he kept getting back up like he was in the middle of a Rocky movie. So it was good. <laughs> So it's good. I mean, like, he auditioned well. Let him finish the job. You're not going anywhere this year, and Deshaun Watson ain't coming in this year. So why not let him, A, take the lumps if he needs to, but it's also the the learning process of, you know, showing what he is. You know, if there's uncertainty, you know, that asking price can't be too high in the offseason.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.